This dynamic Bible-based message was recorded at Good Hope Christian Center. Now, let's listen to this exciting, Holy Spirit-inspired message. I just want to be the best me. I want to compete with you. You be the best you. I'm, I'm glad that you're better than me. I just want to be the best me. And so when I fast and pray, my heart cries out to say, Lord, give me a service. Repair some cracks that I can't see. Give me some fresh oil because it's a long road ahead. And, and remove some of the blockages on the inside of me so that my faith could be real. So that it could be a faith that could be demonstrative and bring change into people's lives. Amen. So, uh, there's some Pharisees and teachers of the law in Luke chapter 5 and verse 33. They come to Jesus and said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. <clears throat> so this is while Jesus was at, uh, he was actually at Matthew, the tax collector's home. And they were there together with a whole lot of other tax collectors eating and drinking. And this question arose. It's a good question. Really what the teachers of the law were asking is, uh, should Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, fast? Should they fast? Everyone else is fasting. Should you guys fast? And Jesus answered this way. He said to them, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. Amen. And of course, the bridegroom, the Bible in various places describes as Jesus. He's the bridegroom and the church, you and I, we're the bride. So Jesus is saying that there's coming a time where he would be physically removed from the church. And that's the time that the church would fast. And we know that he was buried and on, uh, after three days he rose and then he appeared for 40 days to many people. And then in Acts chapter 1 verse 9, he ascended into heaven. So the days that Jesus is talking about where the church would fast are really the days after Acts chapter 1 verse 9. And we're still living in those days right now. Jesus is still seated on the right-hand side of the Father. So his words are still speaking to you and I now. Now is a time that we should fast. We should be fasting. Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, should be fasting. Jesus said, when the bridegroom goes, then the bride will fast. Well, you and I are part of that bride, the bride of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his words to you and I is, until he comes back, we should busy ourselves with this discipline of fasting. Amen? Just a few amens. It's all right. I'm going to go on anyway. Amen? Jesus taught on all kinds of things. In Matthew chapter 6, he taught on giving in verse 3. He said, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, but let your giving be done in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then he spoke on prayer in Matthew 6 and verse 6. He said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And we embrace those two. We, we, we embrace giving. We embrace praying. But if you carry on reading Matthew chapter 6, you get to verse 17 and 18. And he says, Jesus says, but when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Amen. So these are part of the foundational truths of our Christianity. It's giving, it's praying, and it's fasting. 
And I have found that a private discipline will always result in a public reward. What you do behind the scenes, it's amazing how God will reward it openly. And in these areas, you don't have to go around telling people how much you're giving, how much you're praying, or how much you're fasting. Of course, it's a corporate fast. I understand that. So people in the church will know you're fasting. But even if you decide to go longer than 14 days or shorter than 14 days, don't go and advertise it. You just carry on doing it. Private discipline brings about a public reward. Over and over, God says, you will be rewarded. There will be a reward. Jesus taught on fasting. He himself fasted in Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. You see how for 40 days, the Bible said, he fasted. All right, he, he, he ate nothing over the 40 days. That's what Luke chapter one, chapter four, verse one says. He ate nothing. He, he only drank water. And that's what we call a normal fast when you eat nothing. Bump your neighbor and say, eat nothing. Yeah, oh, what? What was that? Yeah, that's, that's fasting. I know we, we, we have other dynamics of fasting and the Daniel fast and this, that, and the other, but, and, and all kinds of fasts have emerged, and I hear all kinds of questions, you know, I'm under Daniel fast, can I eat popcorn, because it doesn't fall into this, and we try and reason everything, but in essence, a fast is no eating, that's a normal fast, all right, a normal fast, and that's what Jesus did, he drank water only. And it's that discipline that he speaks about that will bring about a reward in our lives. Amen? If you go back to Luke chapter 5, and he goes on over there in verse 36, he told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment. Remember, he's still talking on fasting. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. In other words, don't patch things up. It's not a good thing. Don't cover things up, patch things up. It's not going to work for you. You know, deal with it. Remember, this is under fasting. Deal with it. Something about fasting that, that you, you go for a service, bro. There's something that happens. There's a dealing with some issues in your life. You may look fine on the outside, but on the inside, there's some cracks. There's some blockages. There's some, there's some oil, oil that needs to be changed. So, so Jesus is saying, don't just patch it up. Deal with it. Go get a service. He goes on and he said, No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. In other words, don't ignore it. Just don't, don't, don't just carry on with the old wineskin, the old problem, just carrying on, trying to put new stuff into an old uh, life with all its old problems. Deal with it. Deal with it. There's something about fasting that brings about a new wine, a new power. A new uh, dunamis, a new strength. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Something about it, you know. Jesus is saying, don't patch it up. Don't cover it up. Don't ignore it. Just deal with it. Go ahead. When I leave, the church will fast. And when that happens, let them fast. Come on. Don't cover it up. Open up and let God get in there and give you a good service. Let him remove what needs to be removed. Let him fix what needs to be fixed. Let him give you some fresh oil. The road is long. There's a couple of hills you have to climb, a couple of valleys you have to go through. And, you know, Christianity is not just Sarah, Sarah. Well, I'll just rock up and do my best. You need some power. You need some power. Amen. You really do. And so it amazes me how, you know, in Luke chapter 3, verse 22, Jesus was baptized. And we see how the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord descended upon him. 
In Luke chapter 4 verse 1, we see how he was led by the Spirit. And prior to that, the Bible says he was full of the Holy Spirit. But it's only in Luke chapter 4 verse 14, when he had finished fasting, that's the first time that I see Jesus walking in the power of the Spirit. Amen? That's the first time the words, the power of the Spirit is mentioned. So I want to tell you something. Those words are not there by accident. There's something about fasting that causes you and I to harness the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It, it, It was like that for the Lord Jesus, and it's like that for you and I. Bump your neighbor and say, the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it was after the fast, Luke 4 verse 14, that we see for the first time that Jesus there is walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what is it that he does with the power of the Holy Spirit? One of the first things, and you read it in Luke chapter 4 verse 3 to 12, I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, you can go through those passages, but he deals with temptation. Amen? It's amazing for me how... Temptation so often can push us back, hold us down. We walk around the same old mountain over and over again. We, we, we wonder why we can't get free from some things. Can I tell you something that temptation doesn't like? Prayer and fasting. It's amazing. After the prayer and fast, the power of the Holy Spirit is there and Jesus deals with temptation. I want to tell you something. There are some things in your life that require prayer and fasting for you to deal with. Oh, it's very quiet here. Just like three amens in this place. Amen. So you look at Jesus now and you see how the devil says, why don't you turn these stones into bread? And Jesus quotes the word in Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. He speaks the word of God. Then the devil goes and takes him to a high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these. And Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6 verse 13. And he says, worship the Lord and serve him only. Then the devil takes him to a highest point of the temple and says throw yourself down from here for it is written the devil also knows scripture and quotes Psalm 91 verse 11 and 12 for he'll command his angels concerning you to lift you up in your hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone and again Jesus quotes the scripture Deuteronomy 6 verse 16 do not put the Lord your God to the test amen every single time he dealt with the temptation with the word of God with the word of God with the word of God and you can say but pastor I too deal with temptation with the word of God but somehow that that ugly devil keeps on raising his head and 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 I take one step forward and two steps back Uh, pastor I don't know the word doesn't seem to be working for me the word always works my brother it always works but 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 you know a a butcher at time has to sharpen the knife and a a woodcutter at time has to sharpen the axe and what happens when you pray and fast is is the word gets sharper it gets sharpened and and so what happens is there's an edge The power of the Holy Ghost breathes upon that word. And whereas before you've spoken the word and you've spoken the word, but somehow those things didn't change. Now after prayer and fasting, when you speak that word, there's another dynamic to the word. There's an edge to it. 
I, I, I can only tell it to you once you've experienced and you've gone through prayer and fasting and you come out on the other side and you begin to deal with some things in your life, you'll find that there's a new authority. The word comes out of your mouth with a different edge, with a different power. And now you experience James 4 and verse 7. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There's an edge to the word of God. The devil understands it. The devil knows it. And demons begin to flee from your life. Come on, give God some praise. It happened after the fast. Isaiah 58 verse 6, the fasting chapter. Is this not the fast I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? That's what happens in the fast. That's what happens after fasting. Why? Because the power of the Holy Ghost causes the word in your life to have an edge and demons recognize it and they bow their knee to the power of God's word. Amen. So, hey, listen, I want to change. Do you want to change? Well, let me say this because not all of you said, you know, we're too excited about that. Is there anyone perfect in this place? Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. That means we should all have a desire to change because we're not perfect. You know, if you're perfect, then I would say, hey, bro, don't change. Stay just as you are. Don't, don't mess with anything. Stay just as you are. But because none of us are perfect, all of us should have a cry in our hearts saying, God, I want to change. I want to become more like the perfect one, Jesus Christ, whom I serve. I want to change. Please, God, help me change. Fasting and prayer is for those that desire change. Because boy, oh boy, you are going to change. There's going to be some personal victory that is going to come to your life through prayer and fasting. I'm telling you, personal victory. Some ancestral curses that you couldn't deal with on your own through prayer and fasting. Some habits that you couldn't break. Some things that you say, Pastor, every month, every two months, every six months, I happen to go down the same old terrible road, you know. Um, tuss and red hot rum, they just, they just look at me every six months and I, I do my best to turn around. But somehow, um, tuss just, he, just, he, just, he, he, he just gets into me every six months. Pray and fast. I can tell you what, when the six months timeline comes up, because you prayed and fast, you'll look at Wumtas and you'll say, get behind me, Wumtas, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the cycle will be broken. Cycle will be broken. Amen. The cycle will be broken. That, that's what this discipline does. It, it breaks ungodly cycles. Say with me, personal victory. Say it again, personal victory. Absolutely. If you carry on looking to what happened to Jesus after the fast, Luke 4 verse 16 to 21, you'll see how he then went into the synagogue and they gave him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he read out of Isaiah 61 verse 1 and 2, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then gave the scroll back, sat down. And he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What, what's that all about? It's about destiny. It's about destiny. You see, you and I, so often we, 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 we're busy in this life, but we're not doing what God wants us to do. The word of God now not only has the edge to bring personal victory, but it also has an edge to bring divine destiny. So you end up doing what God wants you to do instead of just what you want to do. 
It's powerful. Psalm 119, verse 105, the Bible says his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We hope you've been blessed by this anointed message. For information on other Good Hope Christian Center CDs and products, call 021-703-9400 or write to Good Hope Christian Center, corner of Panton and Plantation Roads, Ottery, 7800 or visit our website at www.ghcc.tv.